Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. You're listening to the Empowered Woman, Badass and Unfiltered Podcast, a place for inspiration, empowerment, and personal development, showcasing badass women from all over the world, giving tips on personal development, mindset, and healing. I'm your host, Olivia, transformational success coach for spiritual female entrepreneurs. Now let's dive into this episode. Welcome back to the Empowered Woman, Badass, and Unfiltered Podcast. Your host, Olivia, here. And today I have the Sheila B. I'm okay. This is, I don't get to have psychic mediums on very often. And today I do. So I'm I'm honored to have her here as a guest. She is also the author of Brave, Courageously Live Your Truth. And that's exactly what we're going to be talking about today living the life that you were called to live for yourself, not what society's telling you to do. You know, um, she was a successful finance director before her spiritual awakening changed the course of her life. And I don't know if you've gone through a spiritual awakening, but I'm, I'm going to be honest. They're not fun. Um, I, mine wasn't, but you know, there's breakthrough after it. I think that people talk so much about the breakthrough after a spiritual awakening and I'll be like, okay, yeah, but you leave out the major part of it, like the breakdown. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Um, but she knows what it's like to be the outlier in the corporate world. So if you feel like, you know, you don't fit in where you're at and you're just dying on the inside, that break, the breakdown during your spiritual awakening is going to be so much better than staying stuck forever. And that's exactly what we're going to be talking about. Um, so thank you so much for joining me guys. Her website is linked in the show notes below. If you're watching this on YouTube, it is the description below. So yeah, Sheila, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Olivia, for having me. It's exciting to reach your audience and empowered women. I love that statement, empowered women. Yeah, yeah. I um, I like to share the, share the stories from women all over the world. I think you mm-hmm. are my second guest from Australia, second or third guest from Australia. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm very excited. I, uh, I, I've had people from South Africa, yep. uh, Denmark. Oh, wow. Uh, a lot of different places. I've had, I've done over a hundred episodes. So that's crazy. That's really impressive. Just, and, not, and not probably not many corporate finance directors come psychic mediums before. No, I only have had like two other mediums on before. So yeah. this, <laughs> we hide away. We hide yeah. away. 
I, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm one of those people that it's like for a long time, I was looking for my guest. And now it's at the point that I don't look for guests anymore. So I just take what comes to me that I feel like aligns yep. with what my audience would like and, you know, what would benefit my, my listeners, you know, the most. And, you know, just I love putting other women on platforms and showcasing different things because our world is supposed to be collaborative. But anyway, enough about me. Um, <laughs> tell me all about you and how, you know, your journey about brave, all of that. So I, as a child was, had psychic abilities. And like many of my clients, I shut myself down. Like I, it was overwhelming. I was highly sensitive. And I remember at, at the age of 12, feeling like I was connected to something bigger than myself. I was one of these old souls um, that always asked, you know, why are we here? What's the meaning of life? But I shut myself down. Like a lot of women, you know, of that generation where it's like, well, where's your career? What are you doing with your life? And I did very well academically in school. I ended up getting a scholarship to university to become a chartered accountant. Um, I ended up, you know, working in the big banks. I did an MBA with distinction. I've made it to finance director at a big publishing house called Simon and Schuster in Australia and great organization to work for. But yeah. Inside, I knew that I have these abilities and I'm not using them, right? And I found, for me, because I was denying this part of myself, the universe was like, no, you've got to honor yourself. Your dharma is here to honor yourself, is to become who you're meant to. So I find, and when I coach and mentor a lot of clients, I find when we don't honor our path, the universe clears the path so you do honor it. And that can be a very uncomfortable ride. And I find that is the dark night. That's when we lose our jobs, our houses burn down, our partners leave us or we leave them. That's when big clearings happen. And for me, I lost my job. I broke my toe, my apartment flooded um, and my partner at that time broke up with me. All in six weeks, it was a big clearing and it was the beginning of me running. Uh, I, I started my business. This was eight years ago as a medium. And for anyone out there, you know, I was really uncomfortable with my psychic abilities. It was really not something I wanted to have because it didn't fit in the box. Like I was a finance director. I was, you know, people, people, um, you know, are skeptical or didn't understand it. And for me, I've had it to, I've had to become empowered in this journey. You know, I've had to get, that's why I wrote my book, Brave. I've had to get brave and live my truth because if I didn't, who was going to? And I think it's so important for so many of us to actually just live our truth. And we don't, the thing is, you've got to find that. You have to find it. And I think that's a part of the spiritual awakening process, like the clearing, the dark night, the, that part, like, because if you keep ignoring, see, I didn't, I kind of jumped in and then I still, I, I don't think there's, there's any avoiding it. Um, like there, at least, I don't know, maybe, you know, you probably have these conversations more because I, um, when I was going through it, I could hardly find anybody talking about um, what I was going through. Yeah, 100%. Look, can you avoid it? I, I think it's not so much avoiding it. I think we don't need to go through such a painful dark night if we allow our life to change 
and we navigate transitions. So there were a lot of signs to leave my job, leave that relationship, move out of the apartment. There were a lot of signs. My life had become very stale. I kept on thinking about starting a business. So when people say to me, I've wanted to start a business for years, I think, oh, if you haven't done it, the universe is going to clear something to allow this to happen. So for a whole year, I, if you spoke to me, all I spoke about was wanting to, to start working as a healer, as an oracle reader. Yet I was doing nothing to move my life in that direction. So when you do that, the universe does help you. It doesn't have to be difficult if we make changes in alignment with our intuition. You know, and our intuition isn't something hard to access. Our intuition is actually very easy to access. It's listening to it and acting on it that's very hard. I I feel very um, connected in certain areas, like. For instance, my brother got in an accident. This was about a year ago. Um, and I just felt the urge to pray for him. Mm. He lives in South Carolina. Okay. He lives about a thousand miles away. Let's just say that. Um, and it was around the same time that he got into this accident that I felt the urge to just wow. pray for him. Right. Okay. And, um, there's other things in my life too, that I'll feel the urge to like reach out to some, some people. I'm like, you know, you're on my mind. I'm just thinking about you, you know? Um, and for a long time, like I would ignore that. I would, I was really good at like sensing other people's energies and stuff like that. And I, it's not like necessarily the same, but they're trusting that intuition, knowing that, okay, that, I should leave a person. I should not be with a person. I shouldn't be at this location right now. I should, you know, exit the situation. Um, it is so important, especially in this day and age, when we're out and about with the public, for us to trust those. I think, I think, you know, trust, the reason why we struggle with trusting our intuition is because it's, we're going to have to give something up and you might have to give up your pride or looking good or you might have committed to having your day look a certain way, um, or you've made promises and commitments that not, might need to be broken. And we're, we're kind of uncomfortable. I, I think a, a lot of women especially aren't comfortable with, with, with putting in place boundaries. Because when you follow your intuition, intuition and boundaries are highly linked because intuition is always going to honor your higher self, you know? And, and I teach in my awakening program about connecting to your spirit guides. One of the hallmarks in the awakening process is knowing there are spirit guides around you and that they are communicating with you. And the awakening process tends to, tends to come about when you've lifted your vibration high enough that they can start communicating with you. They've always been there since you were born. You've had guides around you. Some people call them guardian angels. Um, people sight or have experiences in a crisis. The thing that they're always there. You don't have to wait for a crisis. But with what I found with myself and my clients is I started to clean my life out, clean limiting beliefs, clean my diet. So my vibration lifts and then the, the, the guides can start coming through and communicating. That's one of the hallmarks. And then as you go on the path is going, well, who are the guides? How are they working with me? Can I feel their energy around? And the guides are just are the intermediary between you and your higher self and higher self is God consciousness, is higher consciousness. So until you're actually able to connect completely with the higher self, uh, it's it's hard to initially because there's so many limiting beliefs that the guides come in and help you. 
Have you had that experience? Have you kind of had experiences with your guides? Do you know who your guides are? Um, I, I'll say that it's it's different in the aspect of you know being being a, that I'm a Christian. So, yeah. but I, I will tell you, my relationship with God has never been stronger. Uh, yeah, beautiful. Because, because during during my um, dark night of the soul you know, during my, my spiritual awakening, it was, and it was insane. It was insane. Um, I was dealing with like childhood trauma one day. And this was actually when I recorded a podcast with another medium, but she connects people to the disincarnate and, Mm -hmm. um, she connected me. Okay. I didn't ask for this. I'm going to just put it out there. (laughs) I didn't ask for any of (laughs) this. But, but I got connected to, um, not connected. She told me that my grandmothers were there. Right. Now this was a day that I was, I call these test days. These are days where it's like, are you really who you say you are? Like you're, you've got so much coming against you, but you've got to show up as your best self. You know, it was kind of one of those days. Um, and you're just pushing past like the, the like negative self-talk the, the the resistance all that stuff. and and I had literally just the night before just cried for like two hours straight from childhood trauma that I was facing right so wow she was the third interview of the day I was I was in for the home clear that's like then- divine timing isn't it divinity okay yeah. all right so <laughs> I'm sitting there <laughs> and she tells me this is after we got done recording oh your grandmothers were there what Oh, okay. Mm. I was like, I, and I, I don't, I don't state that anybody else's truth or reality is wrong. If I have different Mm. beliefs, I do not, I'm Mm. not that person. I do not. And what I noticed from what she told me was that I was triggered and there was more work for me to do. And I Mm. had somebody else to forgive. Mm. and um so it was just yeah the divine timing yeah like it's just like oh and here's another one and it's like I had started a sobriety journey at this time too you know like so I'm just like it's just like thing after thing after thing that was happening and it was just like fighting with God and getting but but just forcing myself over and over again to to even when I was upset to go get in my bible and get in you know, be submit to what was going on and, and like, you know, just trust, change my perspective, ask God to change my perspective, those types of things. Um, yeah. And and that's, you know, connecting, you know, your faith is so impressive. You know, I've, I've, I've I've studied different faiths. I've, I've did the Buddhist thing and then Krishna and Hindu and, and, and the Christ conscious connection to Christ consciousness these are all connecting us to just the unit, you know, the, the unity mm-hmm. of consciousness, you, you know, the one. And um, on the spiritual path, I do believe we're tested to take us closer to God. Mm-hmm. And in those moments, we find faith. Mm-hmm. And when we find faith with God, we find faith in our own life, our path. Because mm-hmm. on a practical level, on a very practical level, when we're out of prayer, we have to get on with our day. Mm-hmm. And can life be a moving prayer? Can it be a moving devotion? So that's what, you know, after you've survived your dark night, (laughs) 
you end up reborn on some level, you'd say, you know, with deeper faith and and with faith for ourselves. Like we've the empowered woman is a woman that tends to have faith. Oh yeah. And I mean, just in general, like it's, everybody has their, I, I think that words separate us so much and there's certain things that really align with certain people. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, I was born a Buddhist. My dad was an atheist. My mom was Buddhist, but she had originally been Catholic and my grandparents were Jehovah's Witnesses. So it started out with me being a little more (laughs) open-minded, right? (laughs) I'm a little more open-minded than most people. So, um, yeah, but even, even then it's like, even though I had quit my job in October, I, um, I had chosen to do some things there was no avoiding the random, oh, okay. So now that you're not overly busy, now you got to deal with this. You know, I think it hits at, at some point if people, I think some people, maybe they never have a spiritual awakening. I, 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 I don't know. I, I, but when you do, I, I think, I think, I, I don't know if they call it an awakening, but if we just, we really help the listener here unpack the difference definition of an awakening this is how I think an awakening works it's the dissolving of the ego and it's dissolving of the structures that the ego have created to keep one safe and how does this look on a practical level for me it was a real attachment to my job title and my salary and my status right to rule attachment to for some women it's their marriage like they can't get divorced because I don't you know my cultural society I don't want to be a single woman in my 40s or 50s so there's a real attach the ego is attached to, to looking good when really we're being inauthentic to ourselves. so an awakening is the dissolving of the ego dissolving t- taking you back to just source and and, and 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 some truth around your life and how you're meant to live it and so we we have to awake to that. And if we're if we're not living a life that's awake, well, inevitably an awakening will happen. If we are, if you're if you're leaving and staying and working on yourself, then you tend not to need the awakening. The awakening isn't, I think, something that we have to go through. It's if you need it. And I think a lot of people do, truthfully. It's not a bad thing. It's actually a stunning catalyst, a stunning way to grow. Um, it just feels very difficult and painful without support. That's why in my book, Brave, I wrote, there's a whole chapter dedicated to soul tribes. So if you're going through an awakening, find a tribe. And the tribe could be this podcast. It could be your community, Livia, or my community, or it could be, you know, someone in your neighborhood. But you you cannot do your awakening alone. Do not try to. Find a mentor, a coach, a counselor, someone of faith. Do it with support. I I love that. I love that having that extra support. Um, yeah, it, it, it's, I feel like there, there were areas that I could have used more support in them and then I just got through them by myself, but um, I was open and honest with people with that, what, what was going on in my life. I'm pretty sure my husband thought I was crazy. He's like, you always going through something. <laughs> <laughs> Your soul's up for a bit more growth in this lifetime than than others are. I feel like I'm always going through something, and and uh, I th- I think I think um, as women on our spiritual empowered path, it's really worth considering who you take on as a partner. I've I've got the most conscious uh, partner. We're getting married in November, and I really waited to find someone. Yeah, 
um, where I waited to find someone that was going to support me in my growth. We're a team. We support each other in our personal, individual growth. Because you need to grow on your own, really. Yeah. Uh, your growth is on your own. Uh, but, we, you know, the person you're with, they have to be someone that really supports your ascension, your expansion, your acceleration. And if they aren't showing up to support you, then I think that is one of the first ways a lot of women question their relationship. Not because they're out of love. It's because they're growing. And it's like, I, can you support me in my growth? And I think that doesn't mean you leave your partner, but it is a conversation. And, and, and if you put your head in the sand, and I've done this before, I'm like, okay, I can, I can outgrow, I can keep on moving, but it feels like this drag. It feels like someone's holding, you know, tugging on your dress and holding you back. And that's when I felt like my heart was breaking for myself. That's what heartbreak is. I was like, I'm depriving myself of my growth in this lifetime, mm. you know? Um, and so I think I've got a beautiful man, Tyson, and, and uh, you know, I'm so grateful for who he is for me in my, in my growth. I'm so happy for you. I will say I, I give my husband a hard time, right? He's very supportive. <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me just clarify that really quick. He's very supportive. And, and when he did say this, I was like yelling at him for not being, I was being ridiculous. Okay. So it was an argument where he's like, you're always going through something. <laughs> but um it is so important because if if, if he was not supportive um yeah. it would just make it harder you know when you're with a person their your your trajectory in your life is kind of limited by the person you're you're connected to yes. you can do all you want to do but if they're constantly tearing you down, you're not going to progress at the same level that you would if you had somebody cheering you on. Yeah, absolutely. You need a cheerleader. I like how you describe that, Olivia. You need your cheerleader. And it's messy. So breakdowns are messy. So you need someone that can be with the messiness. And if they've got unhealed trauma, then they can't be with big emotions. So I'm, uh, you know, my, my career's taken so many interesting twists and turns. I've trained to be an inner, um, inner child therapist and trauma-informed facilitator. I've had trauma in my childhood too. And unpacking my trauma was such an important part of my growth. And we, with trauma, one of the biggest things I've learned is we can't be with big emotions as an adult because they, they're unresolved from childhood. So anything that makes us feel uncomfortable or brings on um, sadness or anger or any, any way we're triggered, it ends up being amplified like an overreaction because it's in a reaction when we're children that's not dealt with. And so if, if either of you have got unhealed trauma and one of you has gone through an, a spiritual awakening, it's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to show cracks in the relationship or within ourselves. So it doesn't mean the relationship has to end, but it does mean it's time to get some coaching and mentoring and do some inner work individually so that the relationship can flourish. That's what I'm writing about in my next book. It's really, this book, I call it Brave. And it's, and it's interesting because I don't talk about the spiritual path. I call it the courageous path because I personally believe it takes courage to accept your spiritual path. And so this book's about awakening. And my next book is going to be about how to stay awake. Because once you awake, you've got to stay awake. And staying awake isn't easy. Yeah, because it's so easy to um, fall right back in to societal to norms. And, you know, yeah. like. When you, you started your business eight years ago, 
when you were, were you surprised? Cause I know the people in your life were kind of accepting like that at, at your job and stuff like that of like who you were. I wouldn't call them accept. Like I, I think they accepted it when I did initially, everyone was a bit weirded out, but mm-hmm. the people that love me stuck there and it's not that they weren't accepting. Even my family, I think, struggled. They thought, you know, what is going on? And I, I know my family were like, you're quitting your job and you have an MBA. And like, I wasn't the Ascension. I was a finance director. I mean, I was earning really good money in a director C-suite role. As a woman, when I, when I was in my late 20s, I wanted to become a director. I was that empowerment movement going, I'm going to do it. So when I quit it, I did even myself think, what am I doing? Like, am I making a a big mistake here? It was a coveted role I had. There aren't that many finance director roles in publishing. And I had one of them as a woman, right? So if I gave it up, it'd be hard to get back in. But my heart and soul screamed, this is where you're meant to go. And years later, I have a book. I speak on stages. I teach and mentor. I have so much more freedom in my life now. But I had to navigate that transition, Olivia. And I think a lot of people don't know how to. And I didn't either. And I get it. It is a very confusing time. Can you talk a little bit about the difficulty of the transition? I The reason I'm asking for this specifically is because I feel like people always hear, I started here. This is where I'm at right now. It was hard, but I'm stubborn, all right? I'm one of those people. I need to know how hard it was for me to actually believe it. Because <laughs> everybody <laughs> defines hard as something yeah. different. Yeah. Um, so so that's really why I'm asking. No, great question. I love speaking about this because it's not a clean end one career, start the next, end a relationship, start the next relationship. You've got to morph and become who you need to become. So I literally was a psychic medium reader for four years part-time while I had my corporate job. I would, I was an executive. I would, I would have board meetings, do strategy reports. I flew to New York a few times to meet, you, you know, the CEO there. I had a job that had um, responsibility and it had accountability. Didn't, wasn't a lot of room for mistakes. Yet I love doing psychic medium readings. So I did them after hours on, um, during the week. I, I read on the weekend at a crystal shop. I did psychic fairs. Every spare dollar I earned, I spent on workshops and mentors and coaches. I read every book you could find. So my heart was split between two things. And I and I and my encourage your listeners to understand out, let that happen. Let your heart be split. It's not, it's we're meant to be many things. We're not meant to choose. And so in my book, there's 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 a chapter in when I write about in the in the same week that I find I found out I was offered the CFO role at Simon and Schuster, I was offered to go on Australian television psychic TV and do live readings on Australian television. I, I had two offers in the one week, and I was panicked. I thought, how do I choose? I want to be a reader. I want to go down this path, be a spiritual teacher, and I love. I want to this role I've wanted for so long. I've, it's finally offered to me, and I realized I didn't have to choose. I could do both, so I did both. I, I was two things. And I think a lot of women think I can't be this because I'm a mum or I can't be this because my husband may not approve. I'm like, yes, you can. Be the empowered woman. Uh, it's a process of discovering who you are by doing it all. So your life is going to look interesting. It's going to look very unconventional. 
You're going to say, I'm a doctor and I sing in an orchestra on the weekend. I'm a dancer and I'm studying engineering and law. Like it's going to be many things. And then what happens is you're on one career curve. It's on the ascent. You've got to start the second career while you're on the first. So in this lifetime, we generally have two to three careers. We're living longer. We're accelerating our knowledge and learning and we're all having awakenings there's a good chance your second and third career is going to be a career of purpose, giving back. So you've got to start training for that career while your first career is happening. And that's the messiness people can't understand. Yeah. Did I, have I just dispelled it a little bit for you? Yeah, no, I appreciate, I appreciate you saying that. It was, um, you got me thinking about Dennis Rodman. Do you know who he is? Well, well, Yeah. Okay, just cool making sure because I know you're in Australia. And I, don't, I don't know how much you like <laughs> basketball or whatever, but that man, he lived his best life. Like he's still alive, right? Mm-hmm. But like he was winning like NBA championships and wrestling. And then I I watched this Netflix documentary the other day about this one guy, Jim will fix it. This guy and whatever, he's British. It's like a he he molested all these people. Anyway, not that good. But when he got to meet Dennis Rodman was in one of the shots because he got to meet him. Like, I'm like, this dude, literally, like, I think it's underrated. Like he was a good, he was a good basketball player, but he also like just he did what he wanted to do. He wore he his dressed hair. his own way. He had green hair, he wore makeup, he played basketball. He was him. He was he was actually very inspiring to a lot of men people that were coming out, you know, with their sexuality, trying to understand it's, you know, women, you know, if you are owning your path and who you are, you got to speak up. That's why I speak on stages now. And I wrote this book. It's, it's like there, there aren't, there aren't really any books about people in the corporate world having an awakening and just going forward with the awakening and making sense You're of right. it. And I wrote this book to two years before lockdown COVID I wrote. And I was like, I don't know who I'm writing for. I was freaking out that like literally no one would read it. And, you know, it sold like 6,000 copies already in Australia. It's, 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 it got translated into French. So there's a French edition. I, I don't know a single word, but it's, it's French. <laughs> so with 60 million people in French, I got some French women on Instagram that, that messaged me. I wrote it because no one, there's, I wished I had this book. So if you're out there wanting to launch your podcast, you're wanting to write, do it. There is someone out there that needs your message. Like the way you do, Olivia, like you'll find, you'll find your market. Don't worry about the avatar and write it from your soul and God will help you birth it. Truthfully, that's, that's the magic formula, I think. Oh, I love it. I love it. And I think your book, it it just sounds great because it, it does help, especially normalize this stuff especially for the people in the corporate world that 100 there there's a there's a it's like the woo-woo people that's what it seems like they seem like they've never experienced reality sometimes mm. the way that they mm. write things it's like wait a second i i have to go to work like <laughs> Yeah. How, how do I navigate this? And so I'm, I'm so happy that you did this. Um, and it's becoming normal. It's becoming like, 
I was meditating 15 years ago and I, I was meditating with a Buddhist community because you couldn't really meditate outside of religion 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a thing. It was always associated with religion. And now look at the apps and podcasts and resources. So I, I believe uh, understanding about spirituality, faith, it's going to become more and more normal. Energy, working with energy healers, it's going to become a given in 10 years' time. We're just a little ahead of the curve. We're just kind of those way showers in you know that's how I see myself is someone who's like got to be I mean my book is called brave I've I've got to be brave like I if I wrote a book called brave I've got to be a living embodiment of brave is that uncomfortable yes but am I up for it you know I create a support team around me so I can be so you know being brave I think is one of the most beautiful virtues Maya Angelou said she's she said it's the virtue out of all the virtues to have she said, without brave, none, you can't have any of the other virtues. That struck a chord with me because without brave, you can't do anything in life. Oh, man. You don't even need intelligence. Around. You don't need looks. You just need courage. Yeah. You really, there's a lot of people that are just not as intelligent as some, you know, it, and I, I think that we've been told so much in society about what will make us happy and what will make us feel fulfilled. And Mm -hmm. only we know that we just got to let go of the ego, let go of a lot of the other stuff that gets in the way. This this societal norms and all this other stuff. Now there's some societal norms you might like, you know, you might like shopping, you know? (laughs) Absolutely. Um, but holding on to what you like, it, taking what you need and, and leaving the rest. Mm. Living in Absolutely. your truth and truly being brave. I, I love it. Guys, get the book. Get the book. You can find it on the link in the show notes below. Thank you, Olivia. I, I just, and, and please reach out to me on Instagram or Facebook. I love direct messages. I, I reply to everyone, every message I get. Um, so tell me, you know, if you read the book, when you do like how it helped you at the end of each chapter, I've got journal prompts and questions. I literally take the reader on a, on a journey to help them become courageous in life. That's what I wrote it for. This it's a, it's a map of how you, it's a journey, a pathway on how you can become brave. So when you read it, reach out to me and share with me how you became brave. I'd love to, I'd love to hear your stories. That's awesome. That's awesome. Sheila, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Olivia. It's been great to be on. It's been great to have you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Empowered Woman Badass and Unfiltered Podcast. If you found any value in this, please consider sharing and subscribing. Now go out and be a badass. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.